comes, it's Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter, the podcast that interviews the most interesting and influential people making an impact on Nashville's business, charitable, and entertainment scenes. Joining us now from his roving camper studio, here's Andrew. Welcome to episode 17 of Nashville Untold, and thank you for tuning in. Today in the Rambler, I'll be hosting Luciana Aliaga. I would have to say, just my mom always saying, you could do anything you put your mind to. I mean, that is the one thing that I probably heard daily. And so just hearing those words over and over and over again, I literally thought I could do anything I wanted to. Um, and so that, that really helped. And then, of course, seeing her do everything that she did. Luciana shares about breaking through the poverty mentality in order to release her tight grip on money and start investing. She finds joys in opening up her home to others and share all that she's been blessed with. Real estate investing has not always been easy, and she shares a little bit about a time when she finally reached out for help after giving all she had. Sometimes you have to be broken to realize you can't do it all. And thankfully, she has learned that lesson. She's also still learning the balance of going full steam and finding rest. In Nashville, the market's great, and there's always something to be doing being a real estate investor. And it was cool hearing her story and how she's been successful at it as I uh, kind of am dabbling in that side of it, I guess, right now mentally, but eventually want to get into to definitely more uh, real estate investing. Musical guest today will be Aaron Loy, so make sure you tune in to the end of the episode to hear him sing a song. Now a note from the local nonprofit of the month. This month, I will be featuring Safe Haven Homeless Shelter. Go ahead and pull out your calendar and mark the date for November the 10th for Hike for the Homeless. It takes place at Edwin Warner Park and is a great event for families as well as individuals. There's a bunch of food and games and I don't know, they might be having some music this year. I'll find out a little bit more. Um, they did last year. But it's, uh, it's a great way to raise awareness and money for the homelessness in Nashville. So it's definitely something that you want to, uh, to check out. Safe Haven is the only shelter-to-housing program of its kind in Middle Tennessee that accepts the entire homeless family. They keep the family together and provide comprehensive services that empower them to achieve lasting self-sufficiency. Safe Haven helps families experiencing homelessness by providing for their immediate needs to shelter and stability. Next week, I'll have a conversation with Stacy Nunley. She's with uh, Safe Haven, and she'll be giving a little bit more insight into what they have going on, some of the programs, and more details about the hike. So without further ado... Hello, Nashville. Today, I am sitting down with, with Luciana Aliaga. I got it right, correct? You got it right. We are um, in Brentwood at Maryland Way Park, which is kind of like a walking trail. I was like, hey, yeah, that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Let's meet there. And thankfully, I found a spot. Yeah. And a good spot. We got nature right behind us. Right. I kind of like... Literally you know, up against having us. <laughs> so thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And so I'll read a little brief bio on you. 
And I just kind of, I just totally made this up. So I hope it's right. Oh, God, me too. (laughs) Luciana was born in Peru and raised Mm -hmm. in Miami, Florida. At the young age of 18, while pursuing her master's degree in business administration, she took a leap of faith and invested into her first rental property. As her passion for real estate grew, she continued to acquire properties. And in 2014, after a trip to Nashville, she made the decision to expand her portfolio and create her company, Kingdom Homes. Today, her focus is building and renovating properties with an emphasis on fostering strong and lasting relationships with buyers, sellers, and investors. So did I, did I do okay? With that's that? good. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> oh, that was on your website. I forgot. I know. Yeah, that's, I was like, that sounds familiar. <laughs> you thought I really made it up. And so actually, it was funny. So I met Luciana which she goes by Lucy, her friends and family. So Mm -hmm. now that she's doing the podcast with me, she can be considered a friend. So (laughs) she, um, I met her at a, it was kind of really a book club, not really a mastermind, but you know, something like that (laughs) with, uh, with Lee Campbell, with Pinnacle Financial Partners. And we read the Mm E-Myth, right? Great book. E-Myth Revisited. Did it actually, did you apply some of it? Do you think? I mean, That was the goal. Yeah. That was the goal. <laughs> but as Maybe busy one nugget, right? You know, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure with the contracting, because you have a lot of people working for you as well. So really, Definitely. you probably Delegating. are. I mean, you're not up, up there with the hammer and no, no. Know, stuff like that. Although so. I have a pink hammer, okay. which I'm very proud of. But Yes. The other interesting thing is when we were going through the mastermind, I think I was sending everybody an email or something in the group. Mm-hmm. And when I threw in your email address... It popped up like I had sent you an email before. You remember oh, this? And right. I was like, I was like, um, that's weird. And then I did a search, and you had reached out through probably Zillow, mm-hmm. like probably right when you were visiting, right. as I was reading this in 2014. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was inquiring about a property. Well, let's just say I didn't do a great job of following up. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm still like, dang it, man, that was a that was a great opportunity for a future <laughs> investor. Um, so, anyways, that was pretty interesting. Um, <clears throat> all right, so, so I'm gonna hit a speed round, ask you a couple questions, and then I'll let you, you know, give a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Um, so, how long have you lived in Nashville? Five years, five years and a half, probably. And obviously, you moved from Miami. What made you choose Nashville over all the other cities? Well, so I have a really close friend that moved here, and she got married, started having kids, and then one thing led to another, and I found myself here weeks at a time, months at a time. Her husband was telling me, you should probably start paying rent now because you're not a guest. Mm-hmm. So, um, Are you serious? That's funny. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, she's she's been here for a while, and I just came and started admiring the beauty of all the seasons and one thing led to the other and I just ended up ended up moving here yeah so that was was it 2014 it was 2014 it was March and it was and by that time the market was doing great so well by that time it was just yeah it was it was well I got in in 2012 and it started turning so yeah, yeah it was about then that it really started taking off with new construction like crazy right so that obviously had to go hey why look at other cities my best friends here and the market's great nashville's cool oh yeah oh nashville's so beautiful i love nashville how do you like it in comparison to miami gosh so much the people are so kind so nice and then the seasons that was a huge thing Mm -hmm. so here you see the fall and you see all the beautiful leaves well in miami everything is 
green all year round. That's all you have, just summer. So mm-hmm. got tired of that real quick. Right, <laughs> so. right. I know just like now, well, doing these podcasts in the camper, I'm like, God, when's fall oh coming? Gosh, right? Like, it's a little warm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what community did you land in Nashville? Uh, what do you mean, what community? Well, as far as where are you living in Nashville? Where and am I living? Why did you choose that location? Well, okay, so when I moved here, I actually was living with them for a little bit as and I rent. was picking mm-hmm, yeah, right. <laughs> of course couldn't get out of that <laughs> well one. I had kids it's like <laughs> you know we got to do a little house hacking right, right exactly <laughs> no problem with that <laughs> so I actually lived with them while I was investing in property so my first flip was about like 28,000 and so it I at that a you know at that time I didn't have the option of hard money lenders and using mm-hmm. other people's money so I obviously took everything I had and put it in that and so through that growth period, I was living with them, and so they lived in Green Hills, so we were living there, and then they ended up moving to Brentwood, and so I moved along with them to Brentwood for a couple months, and then I finally bought a house um, in East Nashville. Okay. And that house was a gold mine. I renovated for, it. For 28000 you said? No. Oh, okay. 28000 was the first flip I ever bought. Okay. And that is the one that I put all my money towards. Okay. Then I sold it, got my money back. Okay. And then kept on investing, and then finally bought my own house in East Nashville. And so that was kind of like my little area, my neighborhood Mm -hmm. that I picked to just, I don't know, expand some. Mm -hmm. That was great. I Mm -hmm. liked that area. A lot of local restaurants and local places, which is real nice to be a part of. A good little sense of community, Mm -hmm. which we have a ton of those now around Nashville, because I think that's what what everybody is dying for. Right, right. all right, so your favorite musician or genre of music? Oh, gosh. Okay, so I love every type of music. Mm-hmm. Maybe, like, metal, hard rock mm-hmm. type of music I'm not a fan on. That's okay. probably the only one that just drives me insane right. to listen to. But country was never a big thing for me either. Once getting here and listening to it, I was like, okay, this is nice. But I can listen to a song once I every month, too. right? Yeah. No, that's what you were thinking, right? Oh, like, every okay. other month. <laughs> you were agreeing with me i was like i'm not the only no, one that that would be i mean uh, yeah as i hesitate to say that but yeah i still yeah i like a good beat i yeah. like some bass and Same. you know but i love spanish music i'm hispanic mm-hmm. you know and so just that latin upbeat dancing music and spanish i just uh, that's my jam <laughs> yeah that's cool um all right tell me one thing most people do not know about you oh man Let's see. So I'm very transparent. I'm an open book. You can ask me everything, and I'll just be like, bleh. <laughs> lay it all out there. Be like, this is me. Deal we, with it. We gotta th- I got to throw it back I know. just in case. <laughs> Seriously. Um, man, okay. So I used to want to own a dealership. Okay. So I wanted to own a bunch of fancy cars mm-hmm. and have, like, a lot of different used car lots that were, like, Lamborghinis and Ferraris and all that stuff. That was my dream. And I think that developed when I was 15 or something. Okay. So weird. And so my whole life after that just kind of developed into, well, let me work at this dealership and that dealership and figure out how to, how this all works, how right. the operations works. And so after doing all that, I figured I hated it. So <laughs> at least I was able to get that kind right. of out of my mind mm-hmm. and figure out I didn't want to do that in reality but yeah that's a weird thing so So, actually it's not weird because that would be weird as well um (laughs) one I remember going to actually really funny story in Miami so we go there and Nally rented a z4 convertible for me Mm -hmm. 
And uh, we got to drive on the strip, you know, it was pretty cool. So I get in it, it's a stick. I pull up, I'm, I'm the first one at the red light and I'm about to take off, you know, spin out because I love cars and mm -hmm. like driving fast. And so um, I go and pop the clutch and the car dies. Yeah. I'm like, oh gosh. And then I'm trying to get it, I'm trying to start it and I can't start it. I'm like, what the heck? And somebody recently told me, because I was telling the story, and they said that I guess with the BMWs, you have to make sure the clutch is all the way to the floor. And so, anyways, I finally get started. And, uh, and of course, I'm embarrassed, you know, here. It's like, oh, wait, this dude can't even drive this BMW convertible. <laughs> and so I go to uh, take off again. But this time, I wasn't going to pop it, thankfully, because I had it in reverse. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and so then, and then I, uh, I finally got it first and took off and passed everybody. <laughs> but it was funny. But so in college, my major was small entrepreneurship, so business mm -hmm. in general. <clears throat> I took a, a small business class where you had to come up with a business plan. And my business plan was selling exotic sports cars, Ferraris, Lamborghinis, because I always love, I wanted to design cars mm -hmm. in college. Um, so yeah, so that was my business plan. That it was so selling cool. them, servicing them. Yep. And I actually, I didn't like speaking in front of like the class. So I actually recorded it and this was in 90, 99 probably. Mm -hmm. And so I literally put a CD in and I had a PowerPoint slide and I had cars going across and zoom, like, and then you should listen. I mean, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, listening to me, like, the thing. I think I said something like that. It was pretty funny. Oh, my gosh. That is hilarious. So, <laughs> yeah. So, we it's a great idea. And, uh, you know, I always admired your uh, your little coupe Mercedes. It's pretty oh, sharp, too. Thank you. Appreciate it. Got a great deal on it. Working at Mercedes and everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I had to get rid of my car for the Forerunner, and I still miss a car. Like, yeah. I want actually, like, an older, like, an Austin Healey or an Austin Martin nice. DB5 or something something like mm -hmm. that to cruise around and show homes in wouldn't that be pretty cool that to pull up cool. what is one of the most exciting places you visited i would say israel i love israel i've been there probably three times already okay and so i did the whole egypt jordan israel all of that and mm -hmm. it was just breathtaking i mean mm -hmm. to be able to walk where jesus walked and mm -hmm. see everything from history to you know faith right like stories and so that just impacted me in another level, completely changed right. the, the way I thought, the way I acted, the way I did things, and um, just literature coming to life. Right, that's you know what I was about to say. The reality yeah. of reading reading a book that, like, oh, this is where this happened, and right. this is where this happened. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, totally. So That's that, pretty cool. That was amazing. And then the people, the culture. I mm -hmm. mean, who doesn't like that? It's yeah. totally different. Yeah. The language. Everybody told me, oh, uh, are you... Arabic? Are you Jewish? I, f I feel like maybe I have that face or something. Mm -hmm. <laughs> People would come up to me and talk to me in this language. I'm like, I am actually I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> you just look and smile. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's cool. All right. So aside from the little intro I did on you, tell me a little bit about or tell the audience about kind of what you got going on. What yeah. are you doing in Nashville? Well, man, a little bit of everything, honestly. Um, <clears throat> so I started that one flip, which was my house, and it was actually just everything that I thought it was not going to be. So I, th I thought I was going to move in, live there. It's going to be great. I'm going to renovate and build and do a bunch of other stuff all around. Well, that one I ended up turning into my first Airbnb. Hmm. <laughs> so, okay, perfect. And I renovated it, and um, 
I rented the upstairs as an Airbnb, the downstairs as another Airbnb. I ended up moving out. There's a shed right in the back, and I turned it at that into a recording studio and rented that out. Not, and so, and so, that's so awesome. This Love little the building, thinking. right? It's like this little thing that I thought I was just gonna live in there and that be my home for Nashville turned out to be a cash cow. Yeah. And so I ended up moving from there and living in Brentwood in one of these apartments that I kind of have a feeling like I'm in Miami because of the chicness, you know? Right, right. <laughs> so um, so I'm doing that. So I'm living there and okay. just investing anywhere where I see an opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I'm doing flips right now. I'm doing new construction, just development. And then I've also ventured into the commercial and... Um, I saw the post where you bought that yes. building. Yes, that was incredible. And I want to do more of those. I really feel like just the passive income mm-hmm. is where wealth can be built. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the flips are good every now and then when you want to have like a quick, you know, <coughs> cash. A quick fix? Yeah, like <laughs> like a capital where you're like, okay, I'm doing something here. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, now I'm mostly either looking for the quick flips or mm-hmm. really trying to be a syndicator and bring in some funds for bigger projects like apartment buildings of, you know, 50, 100 units right. or commercial buildings that have potential tenant mix where, you know, that can last over a period of time and have, you know, triple net leases right. and things like that be developed. And you're doing some stuff still in Miami as well, well right? Well, so I sold everything off oh, okay. in Miami. Okay. Yeah. I figured, let me just focus okay. here. So that's why you were there selling your stuff off and now. Right, because right, recently I saw something where you were doing a transaction there. Well, so Miami, so I was selling everything in Miami. Okay. And then I actually bought a building in Pensacola, Florida. Hmm. And that's where my brother was for, for a short while. Okay. And so he wanted to get into real estate and he was like, come on, sis, I'm here. You know, use me. Let's work together. And I was like, all right, let's do it. And so we bought a building over there and we're, you know, working through yeah, that. So that's it, awesome. It's great. I mean, honestly, it's just about building relationships. And once you have your core people mm-hmm. in place, it's so much easier to get stuff done. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, so after this podcast and people here at bigger pockets needs to give you a shout, <laughs> you're too, you funny. need to be on their podcast. <laughs> I've been, I'll, I'll dive in a little bit of that, but I, I've been listening, eating up some of that stuff. So yeah. I'm trying to get the mind switch into where you're at. You know, it's pretty um, awesome. Um, All right, so now we'll dive a little deeper into your story. Um, Thinking back to your younger years, how did the environment you grew up in set you up for your teen years? Oh, goodness. Okay, well, I would give a lot of credit to my mother. She's such a hardworking, admirable woman. Um, We got to Miami, Florida from Peru. Um, I was about a year and a half, maybe two years old. And my dad was working as a carpenter at that time, and my mom was selling skateboards out in the street to help make ends meet. And so it was that type of lifestyle. Like, we came in and just completely had, like, nothing and had to get, like, all hands on deck. And so we ended up finding a job somewhere. um, I don't know how we ended this, ended up here, but it was at the Miami Herald. And uh, we would go about three times a week and just help pack newspapers and so we would go as a family literally as a unit brother sister me i was five years old Mm -hmm. and i was packing newspapers and we were just working together as a family so from a young age i learned what it was to work hard and to have that like work ethic um and it completely just 
molded me to be who I am now, I guess, and and go into everything that I do with that type of excellence and yeah. and work ethic. So. Right. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I, I was listening to a podcast by Dan Miller today, and he's he was sharing some of his stories. Have you ever listened to his stuff? Dan Miller. Dan Miller. He wrote mm-hmm. Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love and some other stuff. I gotta check it but out. But it's, I mean, big on entrepreneurship, yeah. you know. Um, and you know, you just gotta wonder, just seeing the little things like that, the will of your parents to, you know, try to make it, how yeah. much that influenced your just mind. Because you know, obviously, you're you're thinking outside of the box, especially at like an 18 year old mm-hmm. and a renter and stuff like that. Right. Um, it's it is kind of crazy how something so small can make such an impact on you. Right. You know. Well, to the good and to the bad. Right. right? True. So like, Very true. Well, so like so because we had that type of uh, well because I had that type of upbringing where it was we're struggling and trying to make ends meet. We also unfortunately had to experience that poverty mentality that mm-hmm. I had to break out of because a lot of things that I, I, we did as a, as a family unit in the beginning was very much saving a penny, you know, right. anywhere you can. And so that also impacted my life growing up mm-hmm. and doing my business because I didn't want the contractor that charged me $2,000 to paint my house. I wanted the one that charged me 1800 right or you know whatever right, like right. anything that i would look at and say oh no you're cheaper you're cheaper you're cheaper you know but then i would pay for it at the end of it right the taxes same thing you know what can i possibly write off and all this other stuff and it's like i came to the point of my business and say you know what if i'm paying more taxes then that means i'm making money right so that's okay and if i'm paying for cheap it's labor, still not though but it's good to think that i mean way. it makes me feel better <laughs> <laughs> so, so i'll go with that but you know even paying for cheap labor you pay what you right. get right and so i recently had a quote from a guy you know it was like a tremendous difference like mm-hmm. seven thousand to nine thousand for the same exact job right but it's like are you willing to pay for someone who's reliable and exactly. can get the job done or for someone that is just cheap and you probably have to check up on him 20, yep. 30 times. Yep. So I just, just not worth it. You know, right. it's like, I'll pay for the quality. I'll pay for the excellence. And you're kind of paying for that relationship and the reliability. Definitely. Right? Especially in Nashville with all the contractors. Right. You know? Cause that's yeah. the one thing, you know, well, yeah, I'm sure if you had a lot of contractors like, Oh, she's just going to nickel and dime me. I don't want to work for her. Exactly. Um, but then you're like, I got to keep that person and I got to mm-hmm. keep him busy too yeah. during the time. Right. Right. Which is good. Again, the other plus is that I'm sure you're pretty smart with your money. And as you've oh, yeah. grown your business, you know, you're not just throwing it away at everything, you know. Uh-uh, kind of like I did like two years ago. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did yeah. invest it in here, but I look back and going, gosh, Lee, man, that's the last time I'm doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, great, I'm a slow so. I'm a slow learner. You'll um, get your money back. Trust yeah. Me. <laughs> um, all right, so when looking back to the teen years before entering college, mm-hmm. do you recall some pivotal points? And I, I don't know why I use that word, because I say it wrong. <laughs> pivotal? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you recall some impactful points that had a huge influence on you? Um, something someone said, mm-hmm. something that made you shift how you viewed the world? Or how did that help shape who you are today? Wow. Um goodness i would have to say just my mom always saying you could do anything you put your mind to i mean that is the one thing that i probably heard daily and so just hearing those words over and over and over again i literally thought i could do anything i wanted to Mm. um and so that that really helped and then of course seeing her do everything that she did and just how she moved up i mean you know i i stopped at her 
working at or us working at the Miami Herald and everything. But she actually started investing in properties mm-hmm. too, you know, and she bought rentals and she grew to be this, you know, amazing businesswoman as well. So it was just such an impact to me watching her mm-hmm. do her thing in right. real estate where, you know, she could have ended up just being, you know, I don't know, working for the newspapers all her life. Right. So just that ambition and that, you know, lead by example mm-hmm. type of um, model, you know, you kind of see that and you grow into being something like that. Right. Well, it's crazy because as you, you know, you said just the phrase, you know, how one phrase that a parent can say can impact mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I'll, I've heard, you know, some other people saying that and I think, man, I'm gonna go to bed every night and say this. Well, you know, I'm not very consistent with whatever, but then I think there's also just the reality of like, do you really believe that, mm-hmm. you know, if you tell your sons this every night, they're going to, you know, believe it. But this reality, I mean, you know, you said it's like that impacted you and, and yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it, it makes me go, I got to say something, you know, like you're the coolest kid in the world and they're <laughs> going to think they're cool exactly. even if they're not. <laughs> right 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 oh gosh uh, that's yeah, funny. words are so powerful and yeah. such an impact i have to write things out and just like stick it on my mirror and say mm-hmm. okay i'm going to repeat this every really? morning when i'm brushing my teeth when i'm doing whatever it's like right in my face so i am yes you know mm-hmm. forced to see it and read it and think about it well that's, so that's I, helpful i recently got a this massive planner and, uh, and it, it's goals, you know, big goals, breaking them down to weekly goals, to daily goals. Um, and the reason is because, you know, I'm, I've been an, an actual mastermind of entrepreneurs. But you set a goal or accountability for that week. But unless it's stuck in front of your face, you're kind of forgetting it. So that was the whole idea of that. And, right. yeah, I got to get to where I'm repeating some things to myself. Right. Yep. Um, so <laughs> if you had unlimited resources and you could build a home like Solomon built mm. for a few people that had a huge impact into your life who would you build the home for now i know you're going to show your mom um <laughs> who, who else <laughs> oh gosh who, who would you give a key to that said anytime you want to come come stay in that home you know that's a difficult question because i feel like i've i've been given so much just through life i've been so blessed and I, I've done that a couple times where, whether it's with family or, or just friends that need a place or need something, I, I, fi- I find great value in being able to give to people and have them have the comfort of being somewhere that is nice, renovated, has high-end furniture, whatever it is, and just enjoy mm-hmm. their, their time there. And so I wouldn't necessarily pick anybody out. I would just say anybody, mm. everyone is welcome because I find great joy in that and yeah. fulfillment in that. So Good answer. I like that. Thanks. That was, was on the spot too. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> you thought for a second and then it's like, you know what? I want it to be open to all. All right, so um, a pause into the story and a quick shout out. What's one of your favorite restaurants and a favorite nonprofit locally and why? Hmm. Okay, so I'm all about the experience. Mm-hmm. The food could be great, but if I don't feel like I'm like, you know, center of attention or something fun happening while I'm eating, then I'm just kind of bored. So, <laughs> um, I would have to say actually the first time I went to Monell's, mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. It was like Thanksgiving on just a random day and talk to people who you don't know. So that was fun. 
Um, Jeff Ruby's, obviously, is yes. amazing. You get treated like royalty as soon as you walk in, and the music's playing. The steaks are phenomenal. Um, I say that name again one more time. Jeff, Jeff Ruby's. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, and so those are great. Those are great options. And then my nonprofit, I would have to go with People Loving Nashville. Okay. Um, they are a great organization that takes care of the homeless. And um, they, you know, provide clothing and food and they make the food. And it's just their heart for Nashville and for the homeless people. It's just, it touched my heart. Just knowing that knowing their sincerity right that's even a word is that a word yes okay if not you just made it well you know i have a whole vocabulary no it is sincerity yeah okay all right well good so so them i like them a lot just what they're doing for the community i I Uh think it's real special right that's cool that's also i I haven't heard that one Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't always take my advice on a word. I, I had posted something the other day, and we're, we're in our mastermind group, and Andy Andy sends me a message, and he's like, dude, you misspelled three words. Go change that. Bleep. He's like, people are reading it. And I'm like, okay, I didn't actually reread that when I posted it. But it was like, you know, because I'll post something, and sometimes I'll read it and reread it because my wife is usually catching something because mm-hmm. I'm not a, a big spelling thankful thankful. I'm thankful for word check, and then uh, and yes. Siri sometimes Siri. helps me out. Right. I can't even get close enough on a text. <laughs> I'm like, Siri, can you take over here? Right. Uh, but anyway, so I jumped on there, and I was like, okay, so it was through, which can be a complicated one, right? In, oh, totally. In the context, of course. Um, and then there was ads, which I had ADDS. I just wasn't thinking, you know, I had to drop a D. Um, and what was another one? Oh, one was wo- woman, and I put. W O M E N. I was like, oh yeah, that's right, man. Anyways, so <laughs> just a side note about my spelling and grammar. No so. judgment. All right, so people only share what they want people to know on social media. Mm-hmm. Obviously, well, kind of more of the positive stuff, right? Right. I think people love to hear the real, authentic struggles people deal with. Tell me a few struggles you have experienced in real estate investing, and how did you come out a better person when you got through it? Wow. Okay. So, uh, maybe about two years ago, uh, I was renovating this house and it was such a struggle. Um, it was my house actually. And I was living in it while I was gutting everything around me. Mm. And I had all my stuff, my furniture, everything was just surrounding me. And there was so much dust everywhere. And I just felt overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do or how to do it. I was running low on money. Um, I had to borrow from credit cards to be able to pay contractors and and it was just tough and not having family here it was very uh, it was a very difficult season and so um, I remember just standing right there in the kitchen um, at, well where the kitchen used to be and in the floor that was a hardwood floor that was broken and you can see kind of through right. the basement right and I remember just falling to my knees and saying all right mm. that's it I give up I need help I, mm. I don't know how to do this what to do where the money is going to come from and um and it was it was probably one of the hardest seasons of my life and I remember just praying for help and you, I kid you not there was this painter um that came and he told me that he felt like he didn't have to charge me really wow for painting my house and it was at that moment that i was like wow Mm -hmm. like 
this is this is crazy how how am i this blessed to be able to get that much help with when i feel like i'm not qualified and not able to do this and honestly every entrepreneur i don't care who you are you feel at any point in time that you are not qualified that you don't know what you're doing that maybe what you're doing is just so out of this world that you should just give up mm -hmm. you know and but because it, we are entrepreneurs we're like nope we're not gonna do it we're gonna be stubborn we're gonna go through it till the end and that's kind of what happened there yeah you know i was literally about to throw the towel in every single day every single night and if it wasn't for the community around mm -hmm. me for my friends that were there for just prayers honestly um I got through it, you know, and now that house is a cash cow. Yeah. It's so, That's so, so awesome. positive. Like, it's, yeah, it, it was amazing. But the struggle that I found myself in in that moment, you know, on my knees, just completely lo losing it. Yep. You know, it was such a cool thing to two months after that, being in that same position with brand new wood tile, brand new kitchen, everything, appliances, everything to the to the nines, like high end stuff, you know, and then being there in the same position, just being grateful mm -hmm. and having that like, wow, I can't believe this just came to pass, you know? Right, so, right. That's really cool. It was a complete Well, and, and I'm sure that's a, uh, that you know, even going back to social media, if you're, if you're on it much, it's like, check out my finished right. project, right? Yes. And you never saw all that went into it. Right. And that is really cool, just the entrepreneur aspect, because I think at times, because you just, you think big, and you're like, I'm going for it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you don't even know how, how you're going to do it. Right. But you're going to figure it out. Oh, totally. But then, yeah, you get into it, and it's overwhelming, because then you're like, what in the world? Because I'm thinking about the camper. I mean, there were many nights that I, I was in here, and I'm like, you know, because I had three boys and my and my wife's you know ready to leave me not really but she you know i was staying up till like two o'clock wow. and then i would look in here and i'm going now i didn't i'm like all right so what should i do here or here but it's like mm -hmm. you kind of got to get yourself out of that moment mm -hmm. and and look back up you know both ways right mm -hmm. in your in your mind and then up 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 to god but and then you kind of get that bigger perspective again yeah. okay this is why i'm doing it right. you know um and yeah there's many times and even like changing the name and some of the stuff it's like mm -hmm. i still see you know um the potential with just what i'm doing oh yeah um totally. which is actually what kind of keeps you going so that's really yeah. cool i mean it's cool that in that moment you're like i need you and he's like okay all right, mm -hmm. finally. Right, exactly. It's like, are you done trying? <laughs> and then trying? he provides, <laughs> but then it just gives you that perspective and the joy, you right, know, and exactly. seeing somebody reach out. But then I think it's important, yeah. too, just have been surrounded around friends to reach out to. Definitely. You know? Well, you know what's cool, though? I mean, we're equipped for this. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like he made us this way to be able to go through these type of struggles and not stop, not give up. Right. So it's like regardless of how hard it would have been, I wouldn't have given up because that's just my character. I don't give up yeah you know, i'm very stubborn and i go through it and complete it so yeah. i think it's real cool that we're just equipped that way right and yeah i think the balance is somebody said the other day they said don't let your ego get in the way mm -hmm. edge got out yes you know you oh, start moving good. forward you're like oh, i'm good man you just take a break it's like mm -hmm. no 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 actually i, I need you right no, seriously <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. So i was like i, I like that that At was pretty all. good for real that's a cool <laughs> cool story so when helping people with one of the biggest purchases they will make in their life there can there can tend to be a lot of stress sometimes i know as a builder you have to keep your thoughts to yourself when you are focused, um, or actually when you're faced with tough situations, what strategies do you apply to keep your cool? Wow. 
Well, here recently, I learned that I need to take a minute and just walk and think. Um, I tend to be sometimes pretty impulsive, and I make decisions when it comes to business very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. I'm a risk taker by nature, and so a lot of things that sound good and look good and the numbers look good too, you know, at first impact, I jump on it. And I say, okay, well, let's do this then. And then I you know, do everything I can to complete it and make it a success. So here recently, just with different um, projects going on at the same time and all of uh, the risk factors that have to be taken into consideration, I've learned to just take a minute, either go for a walk or um, silence my thoughts and just think mm -hmm. about a good enough, you know, a good strategy. Right, right. To have it play out. So. Yeah, pull yourself out of the chaos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just relax for a little bit. Because I didn't know what rest was, honestly. Mm -hmm. Back two years ago or so, I mean, I just go, go, go. And I didn't have a capacity or a limit on my capacity for stress. You know, I would just mm -hmm. take it and take it and take it. No boundaries? No, none whatsoever. Because it's all I have. You know, I'm not right. married. I don't have children. Right. So it's, that's, business was my husband. Business was, right. you know, my kids. And so that was all that I known, and that's all that I did. Yeah. And so here recently, I'm like, you know, I need a margin for certain things, mm -hmm. and and it's just taught me a lot. Yeah, just step back for that's a minute. That's cool. Now, but being a being a, a contractor builder, um, what not a builder investor investor. I would say. Well, you did a little bit of everything. So because well, yeah. you are flipping, so right. Yeah. Inve a real estate investor. So that's what you would label. I am a real estate investor, right? Mm -hmm. So, but dealing with some of those crazy clients, like yeah. uh, is there are some out there, right? Oh, totally. And it's just walking away and taking a breather and for sure, and trying to be empathetic. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I deal more with honestly builders, so I, or contractors okay. that I'll hire and then put them into the equation of this is my project. So I act more of the syndicator and I bring in the. And, you know, the uh, the contractor bring in the investors and mm -hmm. put it all together and have the end product provide some sort of profit for myself. Right. And so um, dealing with different contractors is the headache that you deal with because, you know, either they're not reliable or, you know, they're overpriced. And so you try to make all of that work into a budget that ends up paying mm -hmm. yourself. And so... Um, it's hard to navigate that. Right. And, and sometimes you have to drop a deal because it just doesn't make any sense. Right. You know, based on what you're borrowing your money for and what your contractors are charging you for. It's like, well, now I'm just working for free. Right. <laughs> so, right. You know, or I'm making my money person all the money and mm -hmm. I'm over here just, you know, working to make you money. So. You're like, I'm doing this one for sell bone, right? <laughs> I know, right? Seriously. <laughs> um, all right. So you just purchased a new investment property. After a week, you realize there's no way you are going to turn a profit, which is funny that you just said that. Um, in that moment, how do you face reality and move on once you're in the deal? Gosh, exit and exit quickly. Do whatever you can to get out. And it's funny that that's a question because we, you know, I just, I just went through something similar and I had the option. I knew that I wasn't going to make much money on it. And I knew at that moment, okay, do I sell it as it is right now, how it is mm -hmm. and just move on? Or do I finish it out the way that it should be finished out and sell the product? Um, and so my first reaction was actually, okay, well, let's sell it quick, you know, take our loss while we can. 
But something in me was not letting me do that. Something you took a me, walk. Yeah, I guess. I <laughs> took a long walk, apparently. And I, you know, I did it with excellence and I put all, you know, my heart and soul into it. And then I put it up for sale and it sold within a few hours. Wow. You know, because of that quality, because right. of the excellence that I stand by. And so that was really neat to see, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it was still part of the strategy of getting out quick, but not just giving a headache to somebody else, but fixing whatever issues there were and then, you know, selling a good product. Yeah. So. So sometimes you just got to push, push, push through, through the issue. Push through and, and get out as quickly as possible. Right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. All right, so have you ever been squirrel hunting? Been what? Squirrel hunting. <laughs> well, no, I haven't. <laughs> so I know being an entrepreneur, we tend to get very distracted by squirrels in our life. How do you keep this to a minimum and focus on the task at hand? I have no idea, Andrew. When you figure it out, please let me know. <laughs> you walk around oh, with a 12 gauge and you just start blasting. Like, you don't even know what you're blasting at. Just start blasting because you know there's a squirrel coming towards you. Yes, I know, right? It is so bad. So bad. But you know what? Okay, so I asked that same question to one of my business coaches and I and he said something really interesting. He said, okay, well, simple. Focus on one task per day. So figure out your week. Each day have something you're going to target. One thing. And then make sure you accomplish that one thing. That mm-hmm. way you have stuff. Have you read the book, between. The One Thing? The One Thing. By, uh, I think it's Tim Keller. Gary, Gary okay. Keller. Gary. Yes, mm-hmm. Gary Keller. I started it. Have yeah. I finished it? <laughs> I haven't know? finished it either. I started I was like, this is really good. I'm like, right. it's too deep now. <laughs> Let's move on to something lighter. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so he said, so just focus on one thing. So I, it's right. funny as you're saying that I'm listening, but I'm also thinking about that one squirrel comes at you, right? And it's it looks like an interesting squirrel. It's like throw a saddle and go ride it for a little bit right. <laughs> until right. you kill that squirrel, right? right? Which means you knock that task out. Yeah, that's true. So true. <laughs> so I laugh because I was listening to uh, a podcast that you were recently on, and that asked you a question, and you're talking about your mom. And it just went silence. And obviously the person didn't edit it out, but she had had a, a squirrel, which is called a phone, which could be a big squirrel, right? And she comes back home and she's like, oh, my phone rang. It was so funny. I was like, what? I'm like, why did they edit that out? Then, too, I'm like, well, she got sidetracked. It's like, let's make sure the phone's in her car when she comes on this podcast. Oh, God. That was horrible. That's oh, hilarious. But, yeah, I think, uh, no, I, yeah, I think you can't. Actually, like what you said is, like, you probably can't get the squirrels out of your life. And even mm-hmm. with the entrepreneur mind, right, we're just, we're creating them. Right. You know, and it's like, okay, let's park that one. Or you have a coach. I'm in a mastermind group mm-hmm. and there's so many great ideas. And sometimes you throw out one question and you get like 10 suggestions thrown out. And some are like, oh, that's right. I haven't thought about that. It's like, no, 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 no. Focus. Yes. You know, it's like, let's park that idea mm-hmm. somewhere and mm-hmm. we'll come back to it. Well, and you know what I've learned here recently, too, is just having a grip on your emotions and not letting stress overwhelm you mm-hmm. to the point of just losing your mind completely. Because then that squirrel becomes like 20 squirrels that you've made up in your head. So I think just attacking the issue at hand mm-hmm. and not getting overwhelmed by it right. can save you a ton yes. of time. <laughs> right. I, that's a good that's a good, uh, yeah. good thought as well. Um, so the idea of this show is to share people's stories that are making an impact. How do you feel you're making an impact in others around you? 
Hmm. Well, I think honestly, just leading by example again, uh, being transparent and being open with things and uh, making the decision to do things right, even if it's going to not benefit me at the end of the day, um, I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with um, sharing profits and not being greedy and giving where there's a need. And I think, you know, we're being watched at every moment. And I think it's real cool when people start catching on to what you do and why you do what you do mm-hmm. and just your heart behind all of it. Yeah. And so um, it's not really anything you have to say. It's more of like how you live your life and mm-hmm. what people are, are looking at. Right. Honestly. So, so. I- I- impacting with your character and integrity, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah and it's I like been that. sweet to see just, you know, people's feedback on what they've seen and how mm-hmm. they thought of. of well, and even, even being in that industry, you know, I, I mean, I'm not dealing with the builders and the contractors, but I can imagine there's a lot of stress even being on the other side. And actually I have a friend, he's building a couple homes and I was like, so when are you going to list it? And he, they wanted to wait until they got closer because they mm-hmm. didn't want the buyer to want to start controlling stuff. And I'm like, okay, I get it. On the, on the other side, it's like, it'd be nice if they were able to pick out some options. <clears throat> but I talked to him last week and he's like, yeah, we had to switch contractors and it was delayed. And I just thought, I'm like, man, it's a good thing we didn't list it and have it in our contract because mm-hmm. then I would have to be dealing with the headache of a buyer that's frustrated and, you know. Right. Um, so I don't know why I said that story. I think it was the impact. And, um, well, yeah, so dealing with the contractors in a situation like that, and you, you could probably have that, you know, that tendency to just want to just punch them, you know, in the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. But it's totally. like, all right integrity character exactly how am i going to love people through this right exactly um yeah and i think that it will speak a lot louder than your voice exactly you know or even your silence too because sometimes yeah. people can bash other people and gossip and say mm-hmm. things and i mean obviously if someone asked me directly my opinion about a certain person because they're going to work with them well then i think that gives me some freedom to say what my experience was but i will never just say something negative about somebody just openly right. and bluntly you know because I mean, that's their reputation and I'm mm-hmm. not one to go and speak negatively about right. that if I, you know, if I wasn't asked or if it's not something I've dealt with myself. So I'm just very cautious of that and I want to make sure that I'm being reciprocated as well on mm-hmm. my end in the future, yeah. whenever. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Great stuff. Thanks. All right. So um, you took a big step at the age of 18 and purchased your first rental property. Mm-hmm. You have stepped out in faith and made several other big choices. When faced with such big decisions, how do you not get stuck in analyst perilous? Is that right? Anal- analyst perilous. All right, so. Analysis perilous. Yes. Is oh, my right? gosh. <laughs> analysis Really, perilous. I just wanted to see if you were listening to me. <laughs> Oh goodness, that's good. So that we laugh, we could edit that out, but I think I'll keep that in there. I think you Analysis should. paralysis. paralysis. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. So how do you not get stuck there when making these? I mean, even at eighteen, you know, like right. That was a risk. Yeah. And I mean, because I think even like, and I asked that too, even from so you being a real estate investor, me being excited about listening to podcast or not podcast, uh, bigger pockets mm-hmm. and just hearing the stories and like wanting to have that residual income. And, and yet, you know, it's like, all right, when do you take that risk? So even the advice of realtors that are stuck in 
just doing the buying and selling, which mm -hmm. I enjoy, but I want to get that investment part in mm -hmm. there as well. Um, but yeah, how do you, you know, just kind of move forward and shed that fear and mm -hmm. not overanalyze everything? How did uh, you do it? Yeah, well, it's, it's difficult. Um, I think because I have that risk-taking personality, um, I just go with it. And I, I put fear aside because I was pretty convinced that fear is what paralyzes you from obtaining your dreams and your goals. And, mm -hmm. and so I'm very adamant on running away from fear and accomplishing what's in front of me. Um, and so more than likely, I actually have to stop myself from buying something or investing in something than pushing myself towards it. Um, so I don't know. I feel like if I have confident numbers on a certain project and I have everything that comes into play and I think about the worst case scenario and I'm okay with it, then I just go ahead and make that decision and jump on it. Right. I like that. Because sometimes fear is good because it makes you think. And you obviously got to analyze the numbers and stuff Correct. like that. Um, but I know for many – actually, I have a good friend, and he's doing – he's got Airbnb, and he's he's probably into 10 different deals. And it took him a while to do that first one. He was just like – I'm like, dude, are you ever going to buy this, you know, this duplex? And it worked out great. But, man, once he kind of got in there, and now he's loving it. He's he's He actually needs to – I don't know if he needs to be a realtor. He needs to be a wholesaler. He's got a full-time job, but he's literally wow. driving around That's and amazing. door knocking. I mean, he's crazy. Wow. Um, but so, yeah, there is that aspect of just sometimes you just got to dive in and yes. you know, run from that fear. And I agree. I mean, I, I couldn't be the one to study for a year and then invest in it. I don't know why. I just I got my first one, and I was just ready. Okay, let's do it. It's just my personality, I guess, how I do things. It's like, if I'm hands on deck, I can get this thing going. Mm -hmm. I will finish it. Everything in me. So you were in. You were 18 when you bought your first rental. Well, okay. okay. So, so when I was 18, my mom actually gifted that property to okay. me. She gifted one to me and one to my sister and said, this is the property that I will give to you both, but you guys have to go to college. I actually got my master's degree. Wow, really? I know. And she I'm, said, I'm thinking you didn't even finish because you didn't put anything in here about it. <laughs> <laughs> totally finished. Master's in business, bachelor's wow, in finance. Wow, look at you there. <laughs> awesome. Well, see, Hispanics are huge on education. Okay. So that's why my mom was like, I'm going to give you this house, and you're going to rent it out, you're going to manage it, and you're going to pay for school with that income. So that was really cool wow. to learn how to be an adult at 18 with this huge responsibility and a, and a tenant that yeah. I had to take care of. Cause you can't go cry to your mom. Oh man, I, I spent too much money. I need some more for college. It's like, that's it. Mm -hmm. If you don't manage this thing, well, right. you won't be finishing yep. your education. Right. And there's that expectation awesome. of you better get your master's degree or PhD or whatever it is that she wanted me to get. And um, I enjoyed school, so you know, went ahead and, and did that too. But yeah, uh, wow. but yeah, that was such a great experience because it taught me so much. And so she had put it under my name. And so when I went to go do my second property, and that one I bought with my savings and the equity of that one. So I managed to go ahead and do that, and that was just a home run. I mean, that property was like sixty thousand dollars, and it was so cheap because it was a drug house, mm. and it was. 
uh, nothing. There was nothing wrong with it. Nothing too horrible. Right. Put maybe six, seven thousand into it. It. I sold it last year. I, I had it rented out for about thirteen hundred a month, and I sold it last year for two hundred thousand. Nice. From sixty to two hundred, I was blown away by just the equity in that. Yeah. You know, and that was my second one. Right. So that was really neat how that Which, came about. Yeah, and I, I mean, it's cool too that your mom you know sets you up for that because she you did. got that first taste of mm-hmm. rental whereas a lot of people are just afraid of renting anyways oh the tenants of this and that yet they've never been in it mm-hmm. and so again it was handed to you but it was handed that you have to be responsible or else right. you could lose it yeah, so exactly that's a that's a cool balance versus just someone just gifting you a house you know right. there was oh, a lot on, on the line there was a lot of responsibility with that you know taxes insurance and taking care of the tenant. I mean, she ended up staying with me for five years. Wow. And yeah. that was a blessing just right there. It was. But it you was. took care of her, I so you learned something even in that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was great. Great experience. Now, what did you do while you were in college? Were you, like, living on campus Working. or apartment or no, something? I've always... Uh, I lived Well, because you rented... Okay. Yeah. Okay. I lived at home, honestly, till I moved here. Mm. And I was buying and flipping properties, living at home. So... Not paying rent, living at home with yeah, mom and dad and investing. Awesome. So uh, now, did you ever do anything fun. with your masters? Uh, or did you just my business? Kinda, okay, <laughs> right? I don't know. That's. I mean, it helped me get through uh, promotions in my yeah. work uh, in the corporate world. Well, so what'd you do? Fun, what'd you do in the corporate world? So I worked at dealerships because oh, I okay. wanted right. to own a dealership. Yes. So okay. I went from Cadillac to Mercedes. And I escalated all the way up. I actually, because I got a bachelor's in finance as well, I wanted to work in the finance department at Mercedes. But, man, those people work a lot. Mm -hmm. The first one's in, last one's out. And it wasn't even numbers. It was more just upselling. So at that point, I was just, you know. Get the warranty and get this and that. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's cool. And you were doing real estate on the side, so you kind of saw the freedom that that Exactly. I was doing a lot of things. I mean, doing that, real estate, getting my master's degree. I had no life. So looking (laughs) back over the last decade, if you could grab a coffee with yourself 10 years ago, what advice would you impart to save you from a struggle or two? Hmm. That is a good question. (laughs) Um, Maybe to slow down just a little bit. Um, and not to say that I, I made a lot of wrong, impulsive decisions, but I think just to be a little more more calculated, maybe get a business coach then um, and, and have everything done correctly. Because a, a lot of people face issues with going in the first time and jumping into things and, you know, just hitting the green button on go and... For me, it was just like, I, where's the red button? I can't stop. I can't stop. And so I feel like I will, if if possible, I would have liked to have someone there that say, okay, mm-hmm. the, this is how you truly analyze this. And this is what you're supposed to do here. And hey, how about you don't use all of your money and then, you know, have four months of like eating out of tuna cans. You know what I mean? Right. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, that would have been helpful and mm-hmm. how to learn how to 
you know, invest with other people's money or invest with hard money lenders and right. private lenders and things like that versus just here's all my cash, all my lifetime savings. Here's here you it were, is to a property. You were okay with taking the risk, but sometimes somebody should have pulled you back and said, nah, don't be that risky, right? Exactly. Yeah. Not that I lost anything right. majorly, but it would have still been nice to be, mm-hmm. to have that freedom in the time that my money was invested in something not being strapped for cash, I guess. Right. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah, you you had to be pretty busy. So, um, why do you do what you do? And also kind of thinking about the name of your your business, Mm -hmm. um, Kingdom Homes. Mm -hmm. So, like kind of what's your why? My why? Yeah, your Mm -hmm. why. Do you reflect on that? Oh, definitely. It's changed a couple times throughout the years. But I really want to impact the world. And I know that... You know, we we can all impact the world, even with what we say, what we do. Just a smile to another person can impact the world. And so, um, to me, Kingdom Homes, my company, is just an extension of that, of being able to um, be kin- kingdom-minded and portray that to people and maybe influence, be an influencer to to how people think about certain things. I would love to be at a place where I can have you know, apartment buildings and commercial and all these passive income sources, you know, coming in and then being able to travel and um, give to other countries and build relationships in other countries where we're not just providing houses or resources, but we're actually impacting their lives in a way where we can change their mindset Mm -hmm. from that poverty mindset, because that's Mm -hmm. very familiar with me. Um, and being able to help people in another level, more spiritually, emotionally, and mentally than just, here's a house, here's some money, you know, and really get to the root of issues. Right. Yeah. Right. Cool. Affect the kingdom with kingdom homes, right? So from the great words of Timothy, actually, I left this one off. From the great words of Paul in Mm -hmm. Timothy 4-7, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. When your journey's over, what legacy are you hoping to leave? Which you kind of alluded to that, but anything mm-hmm. else based well, on that question? So I truly believe that we leave a legacy um, through our kids, honestly. I mean, that's kind of what we're able to leave directly, you know, once we once we go. And I think, I think if I can instill in my kids the kingdom mindset and... Um, and how, what giving is all about and how mm-hmm. to be generous givers um, where we can build, you know, organizations, we can build churches, maybe not be the ones that physically go and do the nonprofit or do the churches. But if we can somehow provide the funds for that and just expand the kingdom, my goodness, that that would mean so much. And being being able to have little mini me's <laughs> right. impacting the world and then them spreading out and um and doing the same and just focusing on other people and not necessarily on us yeah. as individuals and our wants and our needs and leaving the selfishness behind and mm-hmm. really focusing on, okay, well, I have this amount of money. What can I do with this money that would generate more money and impact more people and make a difference somewhere right. to somebody? Yeah. Yeah. Getting them to think bigger. Because mm-hmm. um, I think about my boys and Bryce, he, he'll just have spontaneous purchases and he won't have it be birthday money or whatever. And he'll go buy something and like a Nerf gun. And I'm like, dude, you're not even shooting it with anybody. It's such a waste of money. You need to. But but the reality is, is I'm not really teaching him 
in depth. So mm-hmm. I definitely need to, you know, kind of just give him a bigger mindset right. of, you know, look, this is what you could do or, or how about giving? Let's go see some needs. And I keep, mm-hmm. I'm so convicted because, you know, I really want to incorporate the nonprofits in here as well. And I was kind of doing that with, um, last year when I was closing, I'd donate to a nonprofit. Um, nice. but also wanted to be involved in, you know, taking the kids and having them do something, but it's like, you got to be intentional and you got to set that date and go mm-hmm. and help out at what was the one you said, the good people or people loving Nashville, people loving Nashville you know, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, so yeah, I got to do that even more. And it's good to hear kind of the wisdom and kind of where you're at now. Mm-hmm. Um, and even having that life coach, because, you know, wanting to have those kids, you kind of got to slow down sometimes mm-hmm. instead of full force into work. Right. Totally. So and it's yes. good. You're, you're, you're there <laughs> mentally, right? I am. So, That's why I'm creating margins. I'm like, yes, okay, work gets exactly. this much. Exactly. Then, you know, allowing for other things. To right. Happen and it's focusing, I think, going back to that why now, you know, because yes. as your why shifted now, it's like, all right, what's my why and how do I accomplish that? Right. So. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. My why has definitely shifted many times before, Yeah, you know, and just realizing, okay, well, I want the family and I want the business still. Mm-hmm. So I want to have both. And I think it's a lie when people say, well, you're either all in business or you are all in family. And it's, I don't, I don't think that's accurate. Yeah. I think I, I could be a wonderful mom and a wonderful wife and right. a wonderful businesswoman. So, well, yeah, I mean, it would be hard to, although, I mean, you're, you're building such a residual aspect, right? That's true. And that's even the goal. a network. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think you're creating a lot of freedom for when that time does come yeah. that you're able to not be so physically invested in that, you know? Right. So I think it's cool. All right. Well, um, that's all the questions I have. Um, that's it. That's it. That's it. So thank you so much for your time. And so tell the audience how they can find you, how they can find kingdom homes and, um, where are you building and you got some stuff on the market right now? I do. Yes. I've got some on white bridge, um, off of in West Nashville and we're selling those two. Um, and I've got a few apartment buildings, but not selling those for some time. Looking though, looking mm-hmm. for apartment buildings. I'm looking for resi- residual income. Um, and you can find me at um, www.kingdomh.com. That's my website. We need to do a little bit of updating, but that's what we have right now. Uh, you can reach me at Luciana at kingdomh.com. And anything I can do to help or to inspire or to do you work do with. do you do site builds um i could okay yeah and then flipping we do flips yeah and honestly partners cash mm-hmm. investors um debt partners and mm-hmm. credit partners and things like that you know we offer really good incentives for that um cool so it'd, it'd be cool i mean if you want to work with us definitely because I got like ten bucks that I'm thinking to invest oh, somewhere. What? Ten percent on your money right now? Hey, that's good. <laughs> I got it in the car. I actually got. Ca- <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks for your time, and Thank you um, so much, we'll Andrew. see you around Nashville. This was fun. Thank All you. Right. I am sure you are like me, and after hearing Luciana's story, ready to go invest in some real estate. I hope you enjoyed her story as much as I did. And if you do get that excited, you know, feel free to give me a shout if you're in the Nashville market. Next week, I'll be sitting down with Hunter Sparkman. He is a singer-songwriter and is the lead singer for New Legacy Project. He joins me at the Percy Priest Dam, and we dive into his story. 
As far as the sponsors, if you have not picked up on it yet, I'm a realtor in the Nashville area with a focus on residential real estate and real estate investing. I'd be happy to help you with your real estate needs. You can also give Brandon Hutchison a call with the Legacy Mutual Mortgage for all of your lender needs and Limestone Title and Escrow for any title needs. Thanks again for tuning in to Nashville Untold. And if you enjoyed the show, make sure to share with someone and feel free to leave a review. Make sure to check out the show notes for more details on the guest and ways to connect with Luciana as well as Aaron Loy. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy a song from Aaron Loy. Right, so here is a, uh, this is a song called Thank You in Advance. I wrote with my, uh, my buddy Mike Bauer. And um, it's a song, um, a lot of times in our lives we, uh, we thank God after stuff happens. And, and this is one that kind of takes the opposite approach, thanking Him before, uh, before the good times come sometimes. So. Your children sing a song when you parted the sea And I have done the same When you made a way for me Though I love to sing your praises For all you've done in the past This time I want to thank you in advance In advance for your provision How your hand is going to move in advance for your protection as I follow after you. And if there comes an answer I don't understand, I'm still gonna give you thanks in advance. Your disciples stood in awe when you calm the wind and waves. Every storm that I've gone through You left me amazed Though I love to sing your praises For all you've done in the past This time I'm gonna thank you in advance In advance for your provision How your hand is gonna move In advance for your protection as I follow after you And if there comes an answer I don't understand I'm still gonna give you thanks in advance Thank you for what you're gonna do Thank you you're gonna see me through Thank you for what you're gonna do Thank you, you're gonna bring me through Thank you for what you're gonna do Thank you, you're gonna see me through Thank you for what you're gonna do Thank you In advance for your provision How your hand is gonna move In advance for your protection As I follow after you for all your wisdom and how your head is gonna move in advance 
ask for your direction I know you're gonna bring me through And if there comes an answer I don't understand I'm still gonna give you thanks I'm still gonna give you thanks I'm still gonna give you thanks in advance Oh, thank you for what you're gonna do Thank you, you're gonna bring me through Thank you for what you're gonna do Thank you, you're gonna bring me through Thank you Jesus, we thank you We hope you've enjoyed listening to Nashville Untold with Andrew Buckwalter. We encourage you to leave us a rating or review on iTunes. And be sure to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. To be a guest on the show or to share your thoughts, send us an email to podcast at andrewbuckwalter.com. Until next time.